I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And oh, I usually continue. I know. What are you doing? Oh man? my god, I totally lost this. For when I do it with Michael, I go, "I'm Vince Roca," and then Michael says, "I'm Michael Hutchinson." But that's right. I'm the you, super special you, guest. I, Damn I'm it. Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? <gasps> and sitting for super special guest. Michael Hutchinson is Martin Bay because I think I've podcasted now more th- with you than Probably. Michael because you know Michael is you know gone I guess I don't yeah. know so I I don't I'm not That's sure funny. if I should change the name of the show I, you've just become such a regular that I, I'm like I like super special guest though super it special ma- it guest ma- Martin it makes me Bailey. feel it, it makes me feel good it, you know. thank you thank there you there you go you got your claps yeah um okay we just finished watching Miss Sloan. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But first, I got Uh-oh. fan mail. Oh, Lord. Not so, again. So I, wa- I want to go. This will be pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so I made. Wait, a, did you get fan mail or did we get fan mail? I got the, fan mail. Oh, God damn it. Um, I Come made, on, people. I'm I here, too. A, uh, uh, yeah. You can, hey, Super you can leave special comments. fucking guest. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can leave comments on iTunes <laughs> if, uh, if you uh, want and talk about how great Martin Bailey is and how much you like him more than Michael Hutchinson because he sucks. Um so uh, I made a long time ago, about five, six years ago, I made this video of how to solve the Rubik's Cube and yes. I uploaded it to uh, YouTube. And when I made this video, I really made this video for my nephew who was joining the Marines and uh, I had taught him just before he left on how to solve the Rubik's Cube and I wanted him to have a resource that he could you know, look back at to remember mm-hmm. and continue to learn. And I also wanted to remind myself, you know, if I got lost on how to solve it as well so i put this uh, video together and i put it up online and currently it has over 16 million views and i got a this morning i got fan, I, I there's people always leave comments on it usually there's nothing that resonates right. with me but uh this morning i got fan mail from mario chavez and mario says thank you very much i'm only 12 years old but i learned to solve the rubik's cube because of my brother who watched your video wow First, I've got two minutes. He did it in two minutes. Then I try and try, and I got 24 seconds now. Jesus. This video is nice and a lot of information. Now I have nine Rubik's Cubes, and I teach my classmates. And in our Christmas party, they gave me a lot of Rubik's Cubes. One gave me a 4x4 cube, which is bigger than the regular 3x3. Well, you make my life happy and they also call me idol an idol uh it really makes my it really changed my life uh my dad who is in the this picture i there was no picture posted but uh my dad who is in this picture is proud to also my brother who taught me uh my mother too for short uh oh in short i think he's what he's trying to yeah. say uh they're all proud of me my wow. brother's fastest time is 1 minute and 12 seconds uh, now he's mastering all kinds of methods, such as uh, beginner methods, advanced PLL, OLL, and uh, which are other ways of solving the Rubik's Cube. Uh, and if, I don't know if this is right, the word uh, rokes or rocks. I'm not even sure if he's right. Maybe rocks, et cetera. But forget that. I just want to say thank you. Wow. And I thought that is awesome. I mean, he's teaching his, his friends at school how to solve the Rubik's Cube. Uh, you know, he's it's it's improving uh, his life and you know his uh, popularity and you know I was about to say like the social skills. It's like yeah. uh, bringing people together for something you think is simple, and it's like no, it's not simple. It's a good 
it's a good method. It's a good way to talk to people and get people interested in something. Yeah, it's it's gotten him some friends and made uh, you know given him something to stand out in class, and it's pretty awesome. And something to compare himself uh, to his brother. So I mean, that's always that little you know. uh, you know, sibling, you know, rivalry type mm-hmm. of stuff, or the sibling getting together type of stuff. So it's kind yeah. of like a double whammy of uh, that. That's good. Those are the moments I live for. When yeah. when I made kisses and caroms, uh, there, just as we're about to talk about movies and shred on movies, uh, there is no shortage of people who are willing to tell you that you made a terrible. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kisses and caroms, by the way, is available for free to watch on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so and it's worth what is it hour and twenty something minutes? It's it's worth it. Yeah, it's, it's worth the seventy minutes. It's actually a really fun, funny. It little maintains movie. look. It maintains a five yeah. on IMDb, yeah. and uh, you know that's middle of the road. And for a movie that was made for eleven grand from guys who had no idea what they were doing, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, and middle of the road, hey, it'll entertain you. It'll keep your attention. But there's no shortage of people willing to crap on you. Yeah, uh, for particularly anything. particularly yeah. for movies, people yeah. want their opinion to be heard right. um, as we're going to give ours on some in a, in a moment uh, but when I made that I got an email at one point from a guy in uh, Iraq who was work, a soldier who was fighting in the Iraq war wow. I had sent a bunch of DVDs in uh, uh, a package uh, to Iraq for soldiers to see there was an right. opportunity to do that and I did um, and out of the blue I got an email from a guy who was like liked your movie uh, it's you know really nice to uh, get away from oh, you God, know, the yeah. horrors that are happening here really enjoyed it and I thought yeah. that's it right there like yeah. I did something here I made an eleven thousand dollar movie that touched some guys lives that were fighting a war yeah. and in this case I made you know a Rubik's how to solve Rubik's cube YouTube video yeah. that has touched the life of this 12 year old and countless well others, honestly like awesome. you just like you just said if, if there's 16 million views I mean who knows what you know statistically speaking it's just like some of those people have made friends from it oh some of, those, I some of those people hold on have lost friends over it you know mm. which is great no but which is great it's like it, it you know it, it teaches social skills because unfortunately right now, um, so many countries, including ours, just uh, we don't really teach the social stuff. We teach, you know, basic math and basic English, and you have to do this and you have to be this way, and everything is, you know, kind of getting a little structured. And you know, just being a friend or being, you know, shooting the shit out in the play yard, you know, a lot of that, you know, is is not really there. So it's a, yeah, it's a. You great hit method. the nail on the head for the problem with, that we have in this country, and it's covered in Miss Sloan that we just watched mm-hmm. of uh, respecting people. Yeah. And the yeah. one thing that is not taught anymore is to respect yeah. anybody. Like my parents were raised to respect police officers because they were in uniform. Yeah. And we were raised to turn our fingers to police officers because, you know, anarchy, right. fuck authority. Yeah. Um, and now we have a generation of millennials that are raised with not even knowing what a sense of respect is. Right. It's just they're just, you know, robots moving mm-hmm. around doing yeah. their own thing and yeah. caring about themselves. Yeah. Um, I, last week I went on a job interview. At a at the uh, Pacific Design Center, hoity toity place, and uh, I held the door open for three women oh, that yeah, walked yeah, yeah. out, mm-hmm. all dressed in heels, right. decked out, business attire, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I held the door open, of course, for them because that's the courteous thing to do. Not a single thank right. you, not a single yeah. an acknowledgement of a thank yeah. you of like. Of course I was going to hold the door open for them because that's what's supposed to be done. Right. And I'm not shredding on women. Right. Um, it's just we have a very 
and I'm not even going to say disrespectful, just mm. a clueless, yeah. unrespectful right. society that nobody nobody teaches it. And I, yeah. Certainly, under the current president, there's it's not going to happen. There's no like there's there's no ground being laid for what would be teaching any kind of respect. Right. And by under the current president, I mean president-elect Donald Trump. Yep. That just uh, want, actually all the electors did vote, and Except he two. he is our he, well he is our president. First time since 1796. Um, and uh, and you know he will be in January 20th, I think it is. Uh, speaking of which, today is December 21st. It is the longest or yep. the shortest wait a minute shortest, shortest day, day of the year. It is the, the shortest solstice. day of the year, winter solstice, uh, the longest night of the year. Is what I was night. about to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tomorrow. Things are looking good. We get a little more daylight every day. Pretty much, yeah. Thank yeah. God. It's, yeah, it's a little weird. I hate this crap. Yeah. It's really weird. It's uh, like 4.45, 4.50 in the afternoon, and it's like pitch black. Sun is setting. And it's done. Yeah. It's like it's gone. So like last night, I was watching a hockey game and uh, speaking to a bunch of my hockey friends via Facebook and social media, and the game is over because it was uh, they're uh, playing in Columbus, Ohio. So the game is over at like 6.30. And it felt like it was eleven o'clock, because it just it, it was the sense of yeah. Like you look outside, it's pitch black. You just watch a hockey game, and you're like, wait, that was a four o'clock game, you know? So yeah, it was just really, really, really weird. Um, um, I yeah. I know we have listeners across the country, and but I'm going to complain. I mean, yesterday oh. it was a beautiful seventy degrees. Oh yeah. Today is a brisk sixty one outside. Yeah. On uh, Saturday it's going to be fifty four, and yeah. to me this is just. A bunch of bull, and that's why I'm looking forward to more. Any, yeah, every ten seconds of additional sun a day is fine by me. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it, it was funny because like yesterday was one of those like uh, kind of an abnormal day anyway. But um, yeah, it was nice driving at about two o'clock in the afternoon. I guess I was like on the freeway, not too much traffic or whatever. And I was like, this is the reason why people come to Los Angeles. Yeah, it's be- it was beautiful. Because it was like, I almost like, I mean, obviously I was driving, so I didn't, but I almost took a picture, which I probably should have, like when I parked oh, or whatever. I, I take photos when then I park. Well, because you're, you're crazy. But like the time and date and weather is up on my dashboard oh, yeah. in my car. And it was like 207 or 209, December 20th. And it was like 78 degrees. And I'm like, that's, you know, yeah, that's the, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Walk the dogs. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, it was unbelievable. Um, but like, yeah, like the whole respect thing, it's, it's very mm-hmm. odd. Cause like it, to speak to those women, I mean, obviously we're not going to, you know, put words in their mouths, but so many people, they just like, don't even know what to say. So it's like, it's even like compounded. It's like past, like what you're saying, like respect right. or disrespect or anything. It's, it's quite literally, there's a whole group, like a chunk of humanity now that doesn't even understand what to do or say in that situation. Right. And it's really strange because like the way, like you said, like the way I was raised similar to is like, you just, you, you hold the door open. That's just something right. very simple. I'll hold it open it, for and, a guy. It doesn't really matter. Right, right, right. I, I no, but yeah, absolutely. But you hold the door open. It's like, if you're coming in, if like, I'm like walking in or out of any public place or whatever, I always kind of like look over my shoulder or right. look, you know, in the front, I'm like, why not? Don't you and, hate that moment when the person is, Sort of within reach yeah. that you should hold no, then it. No, I'll hold it. I'll hold it anyway. Away, but it's, I'll hold it, it anyway. That you should close it, and yeah. you've got this moment of like, 
That was rude. Ah, do no. I hold it or do I let it go? Which way do I go? They're, they're, they're at that, I don't know how many feet. Yeah. Need to capture that moment and take out a tape measure and figure out what that is. Uh, no. how many feet I'll, I'll still hold it or like, you know, kind of motion to them. Are you like, getting to that moment where you hold it for like 25 people and you're standing there for yeah. like five minutes going I'll oh. call myself a doorman. I don't care. Oh it's like, God. you know, yeah, it's, no, something, it's something simple. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, it's, it's, very, it's really, really, really bizarre. Um, I've had this discussion with a lot of people, both male and female, and, uh, you know, both don't even really know what to say because it's just like, you know, some guys are like, what do you mean you open doors for women? And you're like, ah, it must be very strange to be 25 in this world, you know, because it's just like, well, why wouldn't you fucking open a door for a woman, you know, um, let alone other people, let alone for kid or old person, you know, it's like, right. I just don't get it. So there's, yeah, there's definitely uh, some kind of ethical, moral respect you know a uh, grade that's definitely failing and on, uh, across the board across the world not just here not just in california or la no yeah yeah this everywhere. is everywhere uh on to ethical and moral yes. uh issues we just watched miss sloan which jessica uh, chanstein might might have some ethical and moral issues that she's uh battling during the movie i think i would say that that's the overall uh undertone of the movie is uh is this morally correct or ethically correct yes um and the subject of respect does come up. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. I loved it. It's, uh, I don't yeah. know what you call it. It's not a political thriller. It's, uh, she is a lobbyist. And mm-hmm. uh, she, uh, we open the movie, she's lobbying for the wrong cause, and uh, then she lobbies for the right cause. Mm-hmm. So you get to see her on one side of it and you disagree with her and you want to hate everything there is to hate about lobbyist. And then when she's playing for your team, you want to, you know, love her. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you get to see both sides of that. And, Mm -hmm. um, we, we talked about this movie previously and how it's just really was a vehicle that was probably created for Jessica Chastain and no other reason. Um, it's just, it's totally an actor's piece. Um, it definitely is, yeah. uh, you know, fluffy as far as an actor's piece. Mm-hmm. She shines. It's like she's got all the right dialogue. Oh, she yeah. is, you know, the the best of the best can possibly be in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and when we talked about it before, there's nothing wrong with that, that no. the piece was made for her, no. um, that it, you know, panders toward her. You said during it, which is interesting, that it was trying very hard to be Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, the, the writing, the writing in uh not necessarily just the editing, but uh, definitely the writing was very uh, uh, cocaine-filled. You know, just like, because Aaron's always on the go, yeah. no matter what. And it's like, it could be a quote-unquote simple, boring scene, but he does he, he puts a spin on it that um, it, it's always interesting. Like, all of his stuff is rather interesting. Whether you like the dialogue or whether you like the movie, that's not the point. But it's just like, you can watch a very uh, simple scene, like the beginning of... Um, the Facebook movie where he's talking oh, to Rooney Mari, yeah. uh, Rooney Mara, social Mara, um, social network, uh, um, where it, that's a simple date. And yet while you're watching, you can see the chess match and, uh, you know, just like, Oh, incredible build of character development right there. You know, so much about this person in the first minute of the movie. You're, you're either hooked and you want to see more mm-hmm. or you're like, God, what just happened? Because it was so fast and so quick and just mm-hmm. like so intense. And you're like, they're just on a date in a loud bar. And you're like, yeah, you could play that. But that would probably be a completely different movie. And uh, this movie does the same thing. So there's a lot of uh, that quick, snappy talking and editing, which um, did a real good job. It was really, I think it was really uh, played well on that 
what you what you said was well they're lobbyists this is good this could be a boring story I'm yeah. like yeah this, this could be boring. a very boring story and they're not making it boring they're making it you know you're intrigued uh to you know the, go to the next scene the go filmmakers to the next, of this movie know, clearly watched the west wing and oh yeah, yeah. Uh, house of cards yeah where and i agree with you that they tried to follow a sorkin-esque type yeah. world um where they failed and where uh Maybe it was, you know, it just kind of set up this way so nothing overshadowed Jessica Chastain's character. In every Sorkin movie, there are several characters yes. that are heightened reality yeah. they, it, that everybody can identify with and everybody wants to be. You want to be that guy that never says um and uh and has those perfect quips and fantastic stories. Right. And a Sorkin script in many ways is very one dimensional because it's all Sorkin. Yes. But then these great actors bring out these awesome performances and make themselves make Sorkin a little piece of themselves Mm -hmm. in like the social network. You're not just along for uh, the lead. You've got the twins and uh, Andrew Garfield's character. Uh, you have characters all over the place. They might have like one scene, and you're just like, "Man, that was you know, yeah, damn." The the whole th- everybody is super smart in the West Wing and in yeah. Social Network yeah. <laughs> and in Wag the Dog and you know yeah. any of Sorkin's stuff. Um, in this movie, really only Jessica Chastain yeah. is super smart. Everybody else is dumb and just along the ride for her, which is why it feels like it just completely panders to. It's fa- it's fairly like a Mark Strong, who's uh, the liberal. Uh, side of the story and Sam Watterson is the conservative side of the story. Um, both are fairly one dimensional. I think they're both great actors yeah. and, they, and they did it good. But at the same time, it was like you immediately think, well, this guy doesn't, you know, Mark Strong's character doesn't have any balls because he's a liberal. And then Sam Watterson's a dick because, you know, he's a right. big, huge balls because he's a conservative. So some of it's very one dimensional, but it, it, you know, it translates into um, intrigue and it really pushes her. Yeah, so I mean, it really it really pushes her in that it's like who is she going to fight for? Who is she going to you know stand next to? Um, so I mean, it's obviously all of it is pushing her agenda, uh, which makes it a Miss Sloan movie. So I mean, yeah. the, you know, it it's was good. Definitely her. I enjoyed it. I didn't. I was a little disappointed with the end. I yeah. would have liked uh, some, but yeah, more of a a better bow tied on to yeah. it. Like, uh, tell me where she is ten years from now. Right. Um. I don't know. That's just me liking mm-hmm. happy endings. Yeah. Uh, speaking of happy endings, another movie that we both saw that you instructed me to watch and nope. watch was Manchester by the Sea. Oh, okay. I instructed you. Um, my take on it, you you said, well, what did you say about Manchester by the Sea? Unbelievable performances, incredibly intense, kind of horrifying story. Um, I I got I got so wrapped up in these characters that I want to know everything. And the movie literally stops while they're talking at the end of the movie. Okay. They're in a scene where it just like, and it's over. And things like that, it just, it's not a pet peeve. I'm not going to go there. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I want to know what Casey Affleck's character is going to do next. And we don't know. Here's the thing about Manchester by the Sea. And I knew that it just ended abruptly yeah. because you told me. But I could also sense that halfway through the movie. Yeah, no, no. On, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, based on script points and right. beats. Um. That's funny. As we were talking about uh, on my Rubik's Cube, my phone goes off anytime someone leaves a comment. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Aliska Halul, whatever, commented, uh, how the fuck do you are you supposed to understand this shit? 
And then because I have a flag that takes the F word off, so it deletes people's posts if they cuss. Oh, okay. So then uh, that was four minutes ago. So then they just posted again. What the fucking notification RI in something fuck, which will also automatically. Oh, my God. So that's usually what I have to deal with. So that's why I'm so glad to get good comments. That's funny. Um, Back to uh, Manchester by the Sea. Um, the mo- It's not a movie. No. It's a slice of life. Yeah. And That's what you, I mean. I, I want to know more or, yeah. yeah there just. is sort of a first act and our, our, which is a long, boring first act. Like, we yeah, do setup. not need to see yeah. him mm-hmm. mundanely doing his job right. as much as we did. Uh, and the movie is long and the movie does not need to be this no. long. Um, and then we turn into the second act because... Our hero is, you know, has to do something, is launched into something. The problem there, though, is in a typical script, our hero is given a challenge and our hero resists the challenge and then accepts the challenge. That's typical of how you get into act two of a screenplay. Well, in this story, our hero is given a challenge and spends the rest of the story trying to figure out if he's going to accept the challenge or reject the challenge. And that puts us in this weird act two or or spending the entire movie working on the turn in act two. And there is no act three. The That's movie, probably why I was like, I was, it's not, I was a, waiting yeah. for something, even if it was 30 seconds, like just something. No one learns right. anything. Yeah. No one overcomes anything. Right. And it's, it's plainly obvious in the first half hour of the movie that there's pretty much nothing that could happen that could change this guy mm-hmm. that wouldn't come off as just being, Oh, that's such a storybook Hollywood right. story. It was like go to therapy once. And then all of a sudden all your problems are gone. Right. Yeah. You can't, the, you can't do that. Things are so bleak. The writers painted themselves in such a corner. Yeah. They can't get out of yeah. it. And there mm-hmm. is no third act to right. that movie. Right. Um, that being said, it is, it was uh, produced by John Kransky who did uh, mm-hmm. Hollers and Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, who is Matt Damon. Um, and, you know, Casey Affleck is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, M- Michelle Williams is fantastic in it. It's, it's a good movie. It's well acted. Mm-hmm. It's a little long. Yeah. And it has no ending. So, yeah. you know. That, that, that's where I was at. I mean, it, it you you go more to script form, which I don't usually in my head for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't do like the first, second, third in my head. For some reason, on certain movies, th- exactly you pinpointed. That's probably why I walked away with like, man. I mean, these are great performances, and it's an interesting story. But yeah, there is no third act. There's literally, it just yeah yeah. So people like to crap on script structure, right? Uh, that you know Hollywood movies are too structured, right? But whether the writer intends on it or not. You can take someone, I can take my parents who know nothing about, you know, movie Mm -hmm. structure and how a movie is supposed to be. They can sense when we are in the middle of the movie. Yeah. You sense the change from the first act to the Mm -hmm. second act, how long that has been. Right. That gives your body an internal clock where you're like, oh, we're halfway through. Yeah. And you can sense without looking at the time the movie is almost over right. because you can feel based on how those other things played out when you were heading into that act now or heading into the third act. When a movie feels super long, mm. that is often because act one was 10 minutes and we've spent an hour in act two 
and it's jumbled. Yeah. You can't, based on a 10-minute Act 1, we should have a 20-minute Act 2 and then a 10-minute Act 3, roughly. Right. So when you're 30, 40 minutes in Act 2, you're like, this fucking thing is long. Yeah. When a movie feels super short, take Braveheart, which is like three hours long, but Braveheart goes in the blink of an eye. Like, yeah. it feels like a 90-minute movie. Yeah. Act one is super long. Like there is a long it's a great build up. Setup. Yeah, it's a there's great a lot, setup. Gladiator. There's yeah. a lot of setup in yeah. trying to figure out who these people are, but there's enough intrigue where you're following along with it. And then act two is compelling and short compared to act one. And then act three yeah. is short compared to act two. So when the movie's over, you're like, oh my God, what just happened? Um, Braveheart is like the ultimate roller coaster ride, whether you think of movies that way i'm like that is yeah it, it just it moves there is almost even like when they're talk, even when it's like romantic talk or whatever you're intrigued because you're just like why the fuck is she talking to him why is he talking to her mm. you know but there's always it's always going it's always moving in a certain direction that yeah it's you know some of those scenes are like 20 minutes long and you're like what the hell you know yeah and, and you're just like in other aspect or other movies or other situations or whatever like you said it would be rather boring or mundane or not needed at all frankly this so. is why episodic television is working so well yeah you spend mm -hmm. seasons yeah in act one right trying to figure out what's going on and what's going to happen to our right. characters like Every episode, there is a three-act structure in Walking Dead. You know, yeah. if Rick is given a challenge at the beginning, we know the challenge is going to be solved by the end. But overall, you're trying to figure out what's going to happen to our group. And, and in the long run. So it's they, always that. Yeah. They're so satisfying because really act two of an entire season and act three are the final episode right. when the ser series is wrapped up. Right. So you spend all your time learning and learning and on that upward climb and intrigue and going, what's yeah. going to happen here? Which is so um, hilarious when people complain uh, usually about episode two through ten because it's the character it's it's all character development like you said it's all right. the, the writing is so unbelievably good and yet you're just in there like where's the zombies where's the killing where's the violence and you're like just wait till the final act because we need to care about these people we need to care about the situation and the second you don't care about the situation you're going to stop watching. You this, know, this is my current problem with walking dead right yeah. now. It is not character driven. It is very plot driven right. and I don't give a shit about right. the plot. Like I like it's, seeing it's, the zombies. It's, it's, yeah. It's changed a little bit. This I like season. finding out right. where they go, right. but you need to drive me with right. characters. Miss Sloan. I was driven by that girl's character. I told you halfway through <laughs> it that I wanted to divorce my wife <laughs> and marry Miss Sloan. And, I have, and you were like, why Why would you want to be with her? And I, I just want to hang out with this yeah. chick all I want to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out what this chick's going to do next. Because she's super to, intriguing. I have to tell you, audience out there, whoever listens, some of you know Vince personally, some of you don't or whatever. I've known this man for off and on for too many years. He's never paused a movie to <laughs> say something about a character. And then the way he said it was like a like, – I was super. It was no, but it was just hilarious. It was just like out of nowhere. Pause. I'm like, what? And he's like, I totally divorced my wife of 400 to... years to you know be with this chick. And I'm like, what? And then it was just like, Jessica. oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, because you're intrigued. Like, what is she going to do next? You know? And right. yeah, it, it's uh, now, it's yeah, it's definitely. Speaking of uh, Braveheart and Mel Gibson movies, yeah. did you see Hacksaw Ridge? Yes. And uh, did you? Yeah. Did you, I did. Have you guys seen it? Yes, I watched. Um. Since the second I, I left the theater to right now, it's the same exact thought. I giggled through the whole movie. 
because it's a John Wayne movie from the 50s mixed in with the super crazy violent gory movies that I like. And it's such a strange mix. And some reason, it worked for me. I enjoyed the movie, but I kind of just giggled through the whole thing because it's just so goody two-shoe or pure fucking gore. Like, there's, like, nothing in between. Mm-hmm. It's like, hi, how's it going? Gee, Willikers. And the next shot is somebody's holding someone's guts. You know, and you're like, whoa. Like, what the? Like, Mel Gibson has done something here. Um, and his production crew and, of course, the special effects people, um, they need to get nominated and win awards for some of that, you know, some of those scenes because mm-hmm. they were so well done. Um, a lot of war movies out there. Um, but this, some of the best battle scenes and some of the craziest violence out it's there. It's weird. Like Braveheart, mm-hmm. uh, there is a turn from act one and act two mm-hmm. early on that our character joint. Well, it's no, it's not, it's in the trailer and it's in the title. Our character joins the military. Yeah. That would be the turn in act two. That's yeah. where our hero takes a turn. But really act two is all still developing our hero mm-hmm. and, our hero is fighting against an internal battle and fighting against an issue that you really act one and act two could just be an act one. Mm -hmm. Then we end up on Hacksaw Ridge again, no spoiler there. It's titled Hacksaw Ridge. We're going to get there. And you're wondering, when do we get there? And when we get to Hacksaw Ridge, that's when the gore and the battle begins. Holy The the Braveheart final battle, (laughs) Game of Thrones style battle. Like there's a battle. Yeah. And, uh, and it is a harsh battle. And of course, battles, take you along but there's the moment that felt very forrest gumpy when forrest gump was in the (laughs) in the military and you're just like how long is this gonna last and almost went on a little too long absolutely and then of course we get to resolution there at the end and the movie didn't feel so too long um here's look mel gibson made passion of the christ mel gibson is clearly you know a christian yes and and his views are there and this person's hacksaw ridge's personal story had a lot to do with god and that is there on screen i didn't feel that it preached to me i felt like i was watching i didn't feel like it was it was mm-hmm. being it was telling me mm-hmm. i was just watching where how this character felt right. and what was driving this character and if it hadn't been based on a true story, I would have felt that it was preachy. Oh, yeah. But being that, especially in the interviews at the end, um, you that this is the way this person really was, it didn't feel preachy for that. Mm-hmm. That being said, Mel Gibson uh, got some heat. He's never going to live it down. I'm sorry that I'm bringing it back up, but there's a tie-in here uh, of what he said about you know black people, African-Americans. He said some horrible things. Um, last year, Oscar So White, this year, you and I touched on this yes. a couple of podcasts ago, that there were probably going to be movies that weren't going to be made because you couldn't have people of color in them, right? and they wouldn't get nominated. And here we are with Hacksaw Ridge, the whitest cast yeah. ever. ever. Yeah. Like, I don't think there is a single minority in this cast. Even mm. the a couple of the soldiers who seem to be slightly tan are playing Americans. Like, we never... Mm. Like, no one's ever... Look... It's uh, it's World War Two. Mm-hmm. It's World War Two, uh, and uh, and it it's just as white as could be. Yeah. Like I don't. There's no black people in it. Period. Well, black people couldn't shoot guns until 1944. It's a product. It's a product of its time. Yeah. I'm. 
I no, get I mean, po- you know, polit- politically speaking, he's actually correct about that. I mean, if the, if the timeline for Hacksaw Ridge goes in that, um, but yeah, I hope behind like, the scenes yeah. there were. I don't. I didn't look it up, but I hope there were a lot of minorities actually in the crew of this film yeah. because there is no minorities no, yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And even though that's factually accurate, and I accept that in today's day and age of Oscars so white yeah. problem. I don't see this thing getting nominated for a single thing. Oh, no, no, no. I, don't I mean, think, certainly I don't think white-ass Mel Gibson director isn't yeah. going to get nominated. I don't think anything is going to happen to it. Uh, and all, all. Andrew Garfield was fantastic. Yeah. He, you know, this guy who was Spider-Man and he was in uh, uh, Social, Social Network. Network and a bunch of stuff, yeah. And he was great in this, but yeah. he's white. Yeah. And this is a reversed racist weird situation. Like, this movie played out like this, but it's purely not going to get nominated because of the whole Oscar so white thing, mm-hmm. which is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the MTV news piece. Uh, MTV just did a, uh, you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's titled something like 2017 New Year's resolutions for white males. <laughs> and it couldn't be the more racist thing right. of, against white like people. white people. Right. And you just go, I can't believe that you people that, you know, MTV, when I say you people, MTV is saying this. That right. You people are saying this. Like you're trying to have an anti-racism PC, uh, PSA by being racist. It's, it's a horrible thing. I'm yeah. not going to play it, but people can watch it. Yeah. Um, on Intrigue, did you watch uh, yes. um, what the, oh, the name just the monster movie? Uh, monster Calls. Not yet. Okay. I want to see that. In, like, like I said, I want to see that in a big screen and a big theater with sound and and. All, all right, all that limited kind of engagement December 23rd. Yeah. This Friday. Opens like January 19th. Yeah. Doesn't that bother you? No. January is a dumping ground for movies. It, well, it has to for, you know, come on, you know the Oscar. But can, uh, uh, it has to come out before December Muhammad 31st. Ali came out December 23rd and then didn't actually hit theaters until March. Well, some some movies are doing that, some movies still do that. And it, which is kind of freaky when they actually come out out of nowhere in for like the one March. week, like one weekend to get their their Oscar right. or their nom, and yeah. that happened with Ali. It's happened with others. I remember it happened with Ali. Um, a lot of movies are being. I mean, uh, Ben Affleck's movie is January thirteenth, so and that's going up against two horror movies. So it's very okay. odd this year. Like you said, these movies are big movies. They're vehicle movies. They're Oscar slash award season type movies, but they are quite literally getting dumped in January, which is very strange. Um, so, yeah. January has been known as a dump. January and August are typically when shit is released in theaters. Uh, well, although, f- financially speaking, it's like it has to be, like, they have to be shown in January, or they hold on to it, or it's just a complete write-off. So that's why there's certain movies that are on the shelf forever that you've never heard of, or they finally sell it to DVD somewhere in Europe or Asia. But it's like January, that's why they dump so many movies. Like, just, you're like... Wow, that's a big person. What's this movie all about? And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Now we know why. Um, you know, it's like January 6th with almost no commercial, you right. know, help, no promotion whatsoever. It's yeah, we got to push this, you know, piece of shit out there. Well, that's the other problem with you January know? is uh, it's very difficult to promote a movie during the Christmas, yeah. New Year's time because if it's not a Christmas movie or a Christmas thing, right? Yeah. So how do you get people in the right. theaters in the first week of January? So it's it's a dumping ground, um, and. That being said, there are a few movies being released this January that look pretty good, so mm-hmm. I don't know if tides are changing. Um, I didn't like A Monster Calls. Mm. I'm not going to spoil no, it no, or no. ruin it for you. Um, I just I didn't hate it. Right. 
Uh, I didn't. Deanna liked it. Deanna thought it was okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like the movie. We can talk about it later when you see it. Yeah. But, um. What else we have here? Uh. Two, 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 two. Well, I think that's why. I mean, I'll go back to like the January dump site for certain movies, but certain genres always do well, and horror slash the PG thirteen horror world uh, does so well in January because it's like an instant. You know, lashing against the Christmas. You know, I don't know. It's like it's a weird thing. Like January sixth, or like the first Friday or the second Friday. I mean, you can look it up for like the last ten years now. Mm-hmm. Has been like the Grudge type movies. You know, like this year there's two that come out, and one's on the sixth and one's on the thirteenth. And they're both the PG thirteen. You know, scare fest. You know, where it's you know ghosts or you know just stupid shit. But it's uh, it's always been weird that there. It's weird like the genre horror movies in October. No, it doesn't make any sense yeah, whatsoever. It's it always seems like they would play better then. Yeah. Speaking of horror movies or sort of horror movies, mm. uh, Nocturnal Animals. Yes. I think <laughs> out of everything that I've seen, including American Wrestler. Yeah. Nocturnal yeah. Animals is is the best movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams is on fucking fire because that and Arrival. You you weren't crazy about Arrival. Well, I don't think you Arrival's all right. Yeah. Arrival was good. I, I had some problems with it, but it yeah. was, overall it was a good movie. Amy but, Ad, Amy Adams when she's on screen, you stop what you're doing to watch her. She's that fucking good. And Nocturnal Animals, holy Toledo Batman. Yeah, like the performance, like it's just ridiculous. It's like, oh, it's Amy Adams. You know it's going to be good. And you're like, yeah, Arrival's amazing, and it, and it like blew me away. And then you see Nocturnal, and I'm like. Good Lord. Like, I mean, yeah. what the, like, there's something in her uh, that is just, it's, it's rather astounding for Well, I was going to say this about Jessica Chastain as yeah. well. Um, and She's uh, definitely Amy Adams and Isla Fisher, who actually is also in Nocturnal yeah. Animals. The um, gingers, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're they all yeah. happen to be redheads. But uh, in the case of these girls, like, there women. is women. There is, I like calling them <laughs> girls, not I'm because kidding. that's degrading. I just think that girls is far more sexy. Um, <laughs> Like, do you want to be called sir? I'd rather be called dude. Yeah. I'd rather much more laid back than be called yeah. sir. I just think it's a better term. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. I didn't want to get married because I didn't want to call Deanna my wife. I thought it was much cooler that she was my girlfriend. Right. So it sounds much better. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, there is you. You have there's beauty, there's hotness, mm-hmm. and then there's sex, sex ability, sexy. Right. Uh, and while all three of these girls are certainly beautiful and attractive. They all have the sex appeal. Yeah. And, and it's weird. Like, I can point to why a girl is beautiful, why a girl is hot. I cannot point to why that girl is sexy. Right. Um, and there's just something about them that is just, like, mm-hmm. very, very sexy. I think anytime Amy Adams is on screen, and there's a, part of it in guys like in Ryan Reynolds, who's super sexy, we usually just call it charisma. But it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, a- Amy Adams is super charismatic yeah. and super sexy. And when she opens her mouth, you just want to see what she's going to say. Right. And in Arrival, Jeremy Renner is very charismatic. Yeah. Guy, oh, yeah. Uh, and has yeah. that. So does Ben Affleck. Yeah. And um, I am super and have been super jealous of this. And I fucking look at it, particularly in guys mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, why? Yeah. What is it? How right. do I become that way? Why? Certain people have and certain people don't. And yeah, why that's, that's Why can it. they give their order in Starbucks and I'm captivated by this dude? And what is it? How, yeah. how is it so amazing? Um, Nocturnal Animals. I I liked Drive. I thought it was I thought it was an all right movie. I've his other, his other movies, time. the guy who made. The guy who made Nocturnal Animals. Um, people love Drive and think it's fantastic. I don't think that. I don't think it's bad. He made this one? Yeah, it's, it's the same guy, isn't it? I thought that was uh, Neon Demon. 
Oh, am I fucked up on this? Yeah. Oh my god. It could be. He could be. He could be involved with it. I have no idea. No, I might. You're gonna have to look it up. Wrong. Now. I might be completely wrong. Jesus, what the hell do I know? I'm comparing it to Drive, and they don't even have a comparison. Anymore. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's. A, it could be. Uh, well, whether involved. it is or anyway. isn't, it's a better movie than Drive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nocturnal Animals uh, is awesome. I, yeah. I. It's. Uh, it, it's a movie that kind of just blew me out. Of, uh, just. It, I don't know. It kind of blew me away. I. It, it was. Uh, that, the, I think that's one of the, the three movies that I like so much this year, Nocturnal Animals, Arrival, and Lion. Like, at the end of the movie, it moved me. It made me think. It, you know, like, it, 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 it said something. It spoke to me. Where certain movies do and certain movies don't, these three particular movies, like, really just fucking blew me away. Uh, performance, story, um, you know, what these people, you know, did to each other or what they had to do, whatever. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, I, again, another movie uh, where Jake Gyllenhaal will probably not even get an award or nominated, which is just a disgrace. You know, he's he's definitely on that weird Leonardo DiCaprio list of I will see just about I I think I've seen every one of his movies. Jake, I mm-hmm. enjoy him that much, um, and yet for whatever, I can't quit you. Yeah, uh, but for again for this particular film, Amy Adams. You know, yes, there is no relation between nocturnal animals and drive. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, out. I don't know. I mean, it, um, well, I mean, it's the same world. Tom I mean, it's, Ford, it's, who made uh, nocturnal animals, uh, Tom Ford, yeah, is uh, is the man who who was in Zoolander, and that's no joke. He was actually in Zoolander. Yeah. He played Tom Ford in Zoolander. Um, he got a thanks for the movie anniversary party, uh, which is a huge like indie. Uh, uh, what are, anniversary party? I don't know. It's like clerks in the indie world. An anniversary party is required viewing. Mm. Um, it. Uh, what are the two characters' names? Um, I'm looking it up. Alan Cumming and Jennifer Jason. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the yeah. whole thing takes place at their anniversary right. party at their house. It's like a one one room location. Uh, he, Tom Ford, did the tailored clothing for Daniel Craig in Quantum of Solstice. Solstice. Solace. Quantum of Solstice. Solace. Came it's the solstice it. right now. That's where I got screwed. Um, he has a thanks in black, white, and gray. Played himself in Valentino, The Last Emperor. He He's was the director the of A Single Man. Uh, oh, okay. He was in a Paul McCartney movie. Hmm. Uh, special thanks in Still Alice. This guy just kind of hangs around. He's like all over the place. Uh, grateful acknowledgement in a movie called Alone. And then the director producer of Nocturnal Animals. Hmm. So... Other than a single man, like this is where he really hits it out of the gate. Good yeah. for him. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I well, again, right there, that just means that he he's a uh, he's uh, put himself directly uh, in contact with the right people. So it's like whether he's done the movie or whatever. It's just like he knows actors, he knows filmmaking, he knows script, he uh, definitely knows music, um, and he you know he just put some serious. He's Oomph. like, uh, it seems like he was like the entourage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he, I mean, he's, he's kind of like been around, like checking things out. But then at the end of the day, he's just like, oh, by the way, I'm going to go make a movie. Oh, okay, yeah. go ahead, Tom. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he'll come back with this and like everybody's like, incredible movie. right, like, holy shit. Um, who are you and where have you been? It's like, I've been everywhere. Uh, he's Turtle. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's like Turtle. Turtle. Yeah, he's Turtle. Yeah. And, uh, did a little bit of everything. But... I, I did watch Arrival. Okay. Um beautifully shot i love those kind of movies that gravity i love these sci-fi oh, gravity no no but i'm like i love these uh sci-fi make you think without uh beating you over the head stories 
And right. I think that's why I enjoyed him so much. Um, like Sandra Bullock, I mean, I thought she was – she's already an incredible actress. What she did in Gravity was just ridiculous. What Amy Adams did in Arrival I thought was just ridiculous. It was just so good. I was just – I was – every second that she was on, I wanted more of her. And I love Jeremy Renner, and I love mm-hmm. sci-fi, and I love the whole – intrigue of like what's going on with the aliens or what's going on you know the whole story i just i love but when she would show up you're just like okay story stops i gotta watch her yeah so i liked it i just didn't buy the war aspect right no and there 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 are certain things you know i it it feels like it's shoved into the movie because logically uh when you take a step back uh it china wouldn't do that you just wouldn't like the gamble is too great. Right. Um, especially there's no spoiler alerts, but like yeah. arrival, there's certain th- there's certain things in they this, arrive in, people, and yeah. we have to deal with right. Them. So and, obviously, and yeah. So there's certain there's, there, there's be... certain things in the story that are a smidgen forced, but I think that the main story of you know these two scientists, you know these two people trying to figure out how to speak to this these foreigners, these you know alien, mm-hmm. you know these you know whatever, um, or well, you know again it was incredible. And again, Jeremy Renner, another one. He's definitely starting to get on that list of a lot of stuff that he does, you know, is going to be overlooked by other things or other people, you know, whatever for whatever reason. I thought he was incredible in this movie. Um, yet again. I mean, yeah, he's solid. Um, th- I love both their characters, and yeah. that's the second thing I didn't like about Arrival is... Yeah, the, the main... Knowing what she knows, right. why would she say what she says? Right. And that's all I'm going to leave with that right. and not spoil it for you. I, I actually like that you didn't like it. So I think it's going to be one of those movies where I think it's going to be split. You know, it's a 50-50 split, you know, for a yeah. lot of a lot of people. And same with the critics. I mean, if you read what the critics said, a lot of the critics are 50-50. A lot of them love it even more than I do. And a lot of them are just like kind of like baffled, like, you know what's the big deal kind of thing about this movie? Because they, cause they, you know, I, I well, most critics, I have to say that they're probably confused because it's actually a smart film. Um, so it wasn't sugar, <laughs> sugar-coated, spoon-fed, you know, bullshit. So, I mean, it right. was actually really, you actually have to think, you actually have to watch. Yeah, Gravity and, is not a smart film. Gravity no, is no, no, a no, story yeah, no, gra- of survival. Yeah. So, gra- yeah, yeah, when you look at, yeah. like, Arrival, yeah, it's it's... It's a smarter, it's a smart yeah. movie. But I mean, but and, at the same, but at the same time, even like in Gravity, it's just like it's whether you believe or you're involved in that survival mode, in that survival story. If you're if you're backing Sandra Bullock up, you're gonna like the movie. You're gonna get into it. Some people just didn't, and you're like, okay, you're, you missed out, I guess, on the main point or whatever. I mean, that's up to you. But I don't know. I don't. You know, some people like movies, and some people, you know, for whatever reason, don't. You know, you're wrong for not liking Arrival, and that's. I didn't say I didn't like. I'm it. just kidding. <laughs> I just have a couple of issues right. with it. They, they kind of. But to go back out. to Nocturnal Animals, speaking um, of, okay, Arrival is a smart script, and Arrival is about ultimately Arrival is about communication. Yes. So, the two things that I don't like about it, are, I think, are in direct contrast okay. with communication. Right. So. I feel like somebody wrote a good script and some asshole suit forced these two things in yeah. and that fucked it up for me. Right. I could be wrong, but not at all. That's where I not sit. At all. That's where I'm like, eh. the the military, the military being forced into the store. Like, uh, the military is going to have a presence. Right. No, it's but like, the, not- the, but that's what I'm saying. Like the military part of the story was fine. But what you're saying and what you kind of disagree with or whatever in the movie, I completely and totally agree. It just didn't take away from the movie for me. It mm. took something away for you. But yes, uh, uh, any form of country, especially the size of China, 
for what they do and portray in the movie. Yeah, you kind of just sit there and you're like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right. That's pr- that's pretty dumb when you've already created a very very smart, you know, story in a very smart film, and then all of a sudden you have idiots. So to me, it kind of worked in that the communication, obviously. Certain people want to communicate, and certain people don't want to communicate. That's what I got out of it. So that's where I kind of like it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I kind of just sat there and like I didn't roll my eyes, but it was pretty close. I was like, oh god, it would have been. But then better. it's like you know, military. They don't want to. It would have been better if it was someone like the North Koreans. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. Then at least you could be like, oh, completely irrational. Like taking a a totally irrational country, and they're the one. Right. Um, China, it wouldn't be China. Yeah, yeah. It it seemed a smidgen forced, but then again, it was China is America Part Two people. They are trying to build an economy like we have. But obviously, it was some production person, you know, that just like you know, Mm -hmm. he, he or she or they wanted to put their word in it and. You were yeah. going to come back to nocturnal animals. No, nocturnal animals. Uh, it, and talk about communication. It's it's one hundred percent. Like I mean that that what I got out of it was, uh, um, I mean there's a lot there. I mean like I have to watch it again because it was uh, it's it's pretty intense. And um, now go ahead. I lost my train of thought because like we were talking. About uh, I watched Amanda Knox, which oh, is yeah, available on Netflix right now. Anybody can watch it. Uh, fantastic story about um about this murder that happened in italy uh Mm -hmm. what you really get out of the story or what i really got out of it was uh nick pisa who is a reporter journalist for the daily mail he shines so Mm. good uh he should get an oscar for playing himself it's a documentary so he's not no one People in documentaries don't get nominated for anything. Uh, the whole documentary does, or the producers or director and things like that. But um, actually, I don't know. Is it just documentary? Anyway, he does such a good job of playing himself that I want to see him win an award for playing himself. Um, <laughs> he is. I'm, I'm assuming not Oscars, but there will other. There's so many awards. He knows now. who he is, and he's giving that to the document to the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. The filmmakers are in no way, you know, pulling the wool over his eyes or you know breaking down any walls with him. Like he's not, he's not getting trumped in his interview, um, but he is, he is trumping himself, and it's fantastic wow. to watch from that journalistic standpoint yeah. of, uh, of what, how the media plays its part. In the the what is it the conviction of the people the uh, public the the public's court the people's yeah, court people's court um, so it's it's on Netflix right now you can watch it it's totally worth watching um, you mentioned Lion I watched Lion oh you did finally I did watch Good. Lion I enjoyed Lion yes um, I don't have a lot to say about Lion <laughs> I, I mean I don't want to ruin it for anybody yeah. it's it's worth the ride well, it, it's, it's one of those along. things like I try to explain it to I try to explain to my sister I'm like it's one of those movies like you just have to watch because it's um, you try to explain it in a even a simple sentence or two you just told the whole movie it's a rather simple story um, yeah so it just you know it's a kid trying to find his family even though he's turned into an adult but uh, I think his performance. And what he goes well, his performance through, is happening. what he goes through, um, is rather uh, remarkable. And he's like, Indian, so you know, he, rather he stands a chance here. Yeah, Oscar so um, it, it's just it, it, it again. It's one of those things that just completely took me by surprise. 
and blew me away. Like, I've already liked him. I've liked him since Slumdog. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great in Newsroom. Like, the certain things that he's been in, he's, he's been really good, blah, blah, blah. This, it just, it's a whole new level. Obviously, it's a different story. He got uh, mentally uh, and physically involved with it. I mean, he went to India. He went to, you know, these people. And, mm-hmm. and he really got to know the whole storyline uh, and Australia. And, and uh, I don't know. You just watch it, and I was just uh, just blown away. You know, there's there's a couple of scenes in that movie that just it made me cry, and I didn't know why I was crying because mm-hmm. it was just so freaking beautiful. It was mm-hmm. just like holy shit, and they captured it on film, which is always very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole Kidman has never been better. This mm-hmm. and her little movie Dead Calm, absolutely by far the mm-hmm. best performance she's ever done. She mm-hmm. was unbelievable in this. She will get nominated and possibly you know win. Uh, Oscars. She's uh, too white, but maybe. Shut up. I don't um, know. Does Australian? Is but Australian see, that's the thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's an Australian are, story, so it's not you know, it's not American. Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I had a friend who took issue with the timetable there at the end, but I was like, it's based on a true story, so that's the timetable. Well, I think I think um, actually, uh, timetable aside, it's also his recollections because he's in his thirties and he's thinking about when he was eight. Right. So sometimes things get jumbled. And I think that's, they did show that in the movie very well when he starts remembering things or he has flashbacks or, you know, whatever something's going on and he doesn't know the whole story. I think that kind of helped. I think that kind of, it didn't hurt the process for me. Um, I was a little frustrated that every scene he had with his girlfriend, they seemed to be in bed together. Um, yeah, they were very comfortable with each other in bed yeah. and not comfortable at all out of bed, which I think was good, but it was kind of, mm, okay. And I guess that's, that's you their know, story what line. happens when you're 20 and, you yeah. know, millennials these days. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, Lion, yeah. Lion should be seen. Um, Florence Foster Jenkins, I'm Damn assuming. It, I still have to see it. Okay. It's uh, on that list. It's on that, it's a, it's on that pile that I have to get to because I really, really want to watch it. All right. For obvious reasons, the people in it, but then it's... Uh, you haven't read my Facebook post, I guess. Um, oh, did I, you write about it? I'll read my Facebook post. Okay, yeah. I don't like it. Total oh. waste of time. Oh, yeah. Simon Helberg was great. Streep was overshadowed by him. That's where I'll leave it. Oh, okay. I did. Simon Helberg is great in it. Hugh Which Grant, one is Simon? Who's Simon? He was on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah, on yeah. The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. He kills yeah. it in yeah. this movie. He's the best thing in this movie. Um, it's there is There's some fact to the story, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool um hugh grant is just hugh grant yeah. there's nothing really happening there and meryl streep is really just meryl streep just overall i i just wasn't entertained mm-hmm. i was bored out of my mind with it um so there's no car chasings uh there's no car chases <laughs> part of my problem is uh and i'll admit this and i i did to deanna i'm i don't know if you would call me tone deaf mm. She's supposed to be her singing. You're gonna learn this in the trailer. Her singing is supposed to be terrible. Yeah, I don't like that type of singing. Mm. But like, I don't hear it off key. To it's be neither terrible. good or bad, right. right? Right. I it just sounds like that stupid operatic right. yelling. And for the same on the same bandwidth, when I hear like Luciano Pavarotti, right, I don't get it. Right, I don't hear it. Um. I have very, as much as I used to be a DJ, I have a very low appreciation for music and singing. Yes. Um, based on American Idol, it 
feels to me like anybody can sing. Mm-hmm. Anyone, half of the population can sing. <laughs> uh, I know too many people that can play instruments and play them well. Mm. I have seen guitarists like Randy Rhodes and Jimi Hendrix go and and been amazed by it. Uh, drummers like uh, um, Tommy Lee mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the one-armed rush drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? No, Def Leppard. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, the one-armed mm-hmm. uh, Def Leppard drummer. Uh, what is his name? I can't think of it right now. I can't think right of it. Um, that's an amazing talent, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that I'm buying a ticket and going right. to see this. And I, I, you know, I go to concerts. I've been to see. We would go regularly to see Lincoln Park and Depeche Mode. Uh, I love Oingo Boingo. That's the type of stuff I listen to. So I do not appreciate music um, <laughs> as much as I listen Actually, to it the three and bands you it. just said, yes, I would have to agree with you. Um, I okay. I I'm not an I'm not in a I don't have a music appreciation. I don't right. have a dance appreciation. I yeah. I see too many people that can dance, and right. I don't see it as a talent. No. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not entertained right. by listening to music or watching someone dance. It's just. I don't really know. It, when draw, it's, it doesn't draw you in or excite you or. You yeah. Know. I don't know when it's good or right. when it's bad. If yeah. I, if it sounds fine to me, right. if, it, if whatever reason I'm tapping my toe and Something's I like Bieber's stuff, right. I don't like all of Bieber's stuff, Bieber's stuff. Right. Almost everything I ever fucking hear Taylor Swift saying, I enjoy. I don't own a single Taylor Swift song or right. an album, but usually but if, if I turn on, on the, the radio, on, radio yeah. and Taylor comes on, right. the, the chick kicks ass yeah. and Bieber's stuff kicks ass. I don't own a single Bieber song either. Um, so it's weird that I have to say that I, I no longer say I don't own a Bieber record. I have to say I don't own a song because that's how you consume yeah, music no, yeah. these days. Well, so I didn't like Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, I highly recommend that nobody watch it. There you go. Uh, I did watch. It's going to be you know it's going to be nominated and probably win five awards. Just letting you know. Uh, may, well, no. Meryl Streep's in it. Uh, yeah. I watched Julietta on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. You didn't like it, or you didn't? Why did well, you want me to subtitled. watch it? I I read it. Why did you want me to watch it? Why? Yeah, I you think, thought it was good. I think Pedro is one of the best storytellers in the world uh, mm-hmm. from Spain. His stories are always off kilter. They're a little weird. They're different. Um, some are very intense. Some are very uh, vicious. Uh, this particular story I just found kind of fascinating. I really liked her, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her, and uh, just. Uh, her, you know, again, it's 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 a journey. It's a journey film, just like Lion. Um, that I just I I got into it and I went with it and, uh, it just I don't know. It just I think I think I mean obviously I like I said I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the director slash writer, so that actually helps, or I mean that pushes me to like his movies maybe a little more. Um, but anyway, I just I I loved it. I loved uh, the story. I think the reason you loved it okay is because you love horror. Yeah. And this movie is scored like a Hitchcock film. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There is yeah. nothing yeah. about it that is Hitchcockian no, other no. than the score. Yeah. This is not it's a very thriller. Dark, it's a very dark. Yeah. It's a they very try dark. really hard in that score to be a thriller, yeah. to be a mystery. Yes. Really hard. Yeah. It's definitely I mean, dark. It, the, the tone, the tone yeah. begging you to be like, compare me to a Hitchcock. Like, we want to be a mystery so badly. Right. Okay. The I best, definitely see that. The best thing I can say about this movie Uh-oh. is it's only 99 minutes and Oh, shit. Someone did not like it. I I, I, I didn't mean, buy... Like, while the overall story yeah. is plausible... Okay. And... I think none of his movies are plausible. And interesting That's probably to why I like explore. Them. Yeah. 
the way it unfolds is just not there. You didn't like it. Like, uh, when, when the daughter, and this is not a spoiler, when the daughter had kids, that would have been her trigger to, to correct things. Right. It also doesn't really make sense the why the daughter did what she did for such a long period other than we feel like maybe there might be some cult activity that happened there. But then what the maid does, it comes out of nowhere and is not really motivated and I don't think would have affected the daughter that way. Like there's too many layers here that don't, it didn't mix with you. Yeah, they don't really work. No. Um, a chicken pot pie is delicious and a peach pie is delicious piled up on top of each other. <laughs> These layers don't work with each other. Right. Okay. So that, that's a good, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Definitely. So it's only 99 minutes. Right. It's not a hundred. So if you've got 99 minutes of your life that you want to give up, I don't think anybody in this country is going to see it. I, I guarantee, I don't think anybody's I gonna guarantee see you. The three thousand people that are involved, you know, that have any involvement with Pedro, will see it, and that's about it. Because his movies are—he is unbelievably huge in certain parts of the world, and parts of the world have no idea who the fuck he is. Mm. Uh, but like, if you go back and see Talk to Her, or well, his, I mean, his, it'll his, get a nomination for foreign film. No, it doesn't. You don't think so? He no, he, he has made. <laughs> that's the other. That's the other thing. Politically speaking, and what he has done and said in the past, mm-hmm. he usually gets barred or banned or hmm. looked over he's not up for a golden globe okay and if you look at the other movies that are nominated it's just like it's pedro it's just like it was like what the fuck are you doing not one all right movie, so maybe you kind of like movie, him because no. he's an outcast yeah or... no and he does outcast weird stories and i think that's and like you said i mean that's something that like i didn't i didn't uh until you said something his tone is very very dark mm-hmm and I like that. Yeah, you you yeah, so, gravitate toward yeah. the outcast yes. music, the outcast movies, yeah, the absolutely. the sort of on the edge. I don't I don't, I don't know I how love, to define it. I mean, I'm sure you could spend several several hours with a therapist trying to just much. diagnose your music I, and movie tastes. I love the sugar coated spoonful tent movies with popcorn. Well, who does? Just like no, just like anybody else. <laughs> but these are the kind of movies that I would go see. Like Which, these, these are the movies that I'll go to. Like I will. I live in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, Hollywood, California is approximately forty-five minutes to an hour and a half. I will drive. That's not true. This is California. Everything's twenty minutes away. Exactly. I will drive the twenty slash minutes or whatever. Right. Uh, and go find a theater that has these kind of movies in it. So yes, my my taste, like my uh, need for film or whatever, is definitely darker. Uh, not just horror based, but definitely dark. You know, darker, dark. Right. I love the dark tones. I mean, that's the stuff that I currently am writing about. Um, that's and- probably why you cried in Lion because there there is a darker aspect of Lion, but Lion gets to be so emotional oh, that it yeah. affects you. Yeah, and uh, it's it's almost like. Uh, uh, you know, dangling a carrot in front of your face and then smacking you. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Exactly. Uh, and that comes out of line. Absolutely. That. Nocturnal Animals is a dark movie. and a very Nocturnal Animals, and you haven't seen it. Uh, we didn't, I don't know why my dad didn't get the screener, which is kind of odd. Uh, but Girl and Train, both of them. Mm. That Gone Girl, Dread, kind of darker tone, uh, very intense, yet kind of open. You know, um, 
storyline. I, I just I love I love these, uh, and I think that's why I like Juliet because be, because of the dread that's behind it because yeah. of you know things that were done and you know said and you know whatever the backstories are. Um, I, I just I just enjoy that, and, and uh, then it just you know it just plays out that way. It's just funny that you t- that you 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 point it out that way, and it's, of course I realize it, but I never really think of it that right. way. Right? You know, it's just like no. If it's a horror movie or a thriller uh, or X Men Part Twelve, I am going to go see the thriller or the horror movie. You know, any day of the week. But you're not a fan of the Human Centipede. No, I don't like those. Those movies are stupid. Why? Did you watch? Uh, I love watch part one. Part one, yes. Okay, and And why pieces of part two, and about three or four minutes of part three. Um, Exploitation movies are a different breed. I have it's very moody for me. Mm-hmm. I have to be in the mood for that. I have to actually uh there's movies like Martyrs and Human Centipede and um Frontiers. Um in the horror genre, these movies are kind of like godlike because mm-hmm. of the tragedy. You know, I mean what people are doing to each other is ridiculous in these movies. It just doesn't even make sense. I mean the 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 violence and disgusting stuff that, you know, we do to each other uh, in some of these movies, I just have to be in the mood for, or it's the tent or popcorn movie of the horror world, right? The, the ex, well, maybe that's why I don't like it. Maybe the, that's why I don't like them. The right there. Uh, torture porn. Yeah. See, type, torture porn doesn't do anything for me. I have to, I have to also, uh, the, the, the simpleton in me, you know, through my father, um, uh, and the way I was raised, you know, in theater, it's like I have to believe in the characters and I have to believe in some part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. And so many exploitation type of films, there, there's neither. It's li- it's it's just like bad porn. I mean, there's not really good porn, but bad porn where it's like there's not even an introduction. It's just like, black, you know, the black goes into a bedroom and people are fucking. Exploitation movies, it's quite literally uh, martyrs. Boom. Like in the first three seconds, there's enough in the first three or four minutes of Martyrs for fifty other you know movies. I don't know and what Martyrs is, but it's it's horrifying. It's Human a pure, Centipede, it's, which I laughed all the way through. No, and that um, too. I thought it was a very funny movie, but <laughs> I was all also super intrigued. I you like monster you movies, that. yeah? I like the human serial killer type movie. Yeah. The, the crazy. Yeah. The, the plausible movie. Right. Like, I do like the monster movie. But there um, has to be a character. There has to be something there. Well, there was. In The Human Centipede, the doctor was nuts. And look, again, <laughs> I laughed throughout The Human Centipede. Yeah. Now, on the other side of it, my absolute... I don't watch a lot of torture porn, but mm. my absolute favorite torture porn of ever... Is the, and, the Hostile movie. And I love is Hostile One. Yeah. And I totally buy in that. Right. I buy in that that yeah. system exists. Mm. And I love... and. There's some of nocturnal animals as well. I love trying to figure out like why these people do this. I was what, absolutely what is in this person that is willing to do these horrible things right. to this other person that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like exploitation movies like that, I I just can't. Re- Sometimes I just can't really get behind. And th- and then there's some that I love. I mean, I can't you know name you know. There's nothing on the top of my head you know compared to Human Centipede. Um, I watched but, the Green Inferno. I think you saw that Eli Roth also torture yeah, porn. That was, yeah, that was um, really really bad. Yeah, and I love Eli Roth. And I'm unlike, like, I love I love his movies. And I don't know Hostel, what happened. Where you're trying, you're wrestling with why is this person doing this? Right. In Green Inferno, it's like, well, they're natives. That's what they do. Yeah. They're so there's no yeah. 
I'll never watch uh, uh, Greed Inferno again because no there's to. no right. Yeah, it's the, it's very the similar. natives are restless. Okay. Yeah, it's very similar Moving to on. it's very similar to, and it's almost it's quite basically a, uh, a decent budgeted remake of Cannibal Holocaust, which you know came out in the '70s, and it's the first really crazy movie uh, like that, and it just really doesn't make any sense. And you just sit there and you're like, this is just dumb. Where like in Hostel, which I didn't particularly like too much, but it's like the first hour, the the character setup. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of guys in Europe that don't want to spend a lot of money and who want to go get drunk and late. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and Eli, they do a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't particularly like it because I don't like those kind of guys. You know, that's just something for me. So when they started getting killed, I was happy. Same with Hostel 2. You get a bunch of girls that are fucking stupid and, you know, do and say stupid things in foreign countries good i hope they fucking cut their necks and right. you know and bleed all over the place that's fine so like i enjoyed that aspect you know or like yeah time to a fucking chair and fucking do stupid shit to him mm-hmm. if he that's what he's willing to fucking do to himself because he was an idiot um that's where i just like i walked away i'm like eh, okay yeah and, and again i think uh like you said it just at least there was character there at least there was a plausible story there so he, here's all right so in analyzing yeah. you i'm catching oh, on yeah. to something here <laughs> lord you're taking it from the aspect hostile. You're taking it from the aspect of the the victim deserved it. Right. They put themselves in that yeah. position. I'm fascinated. I'm not really going through hostile and going. Uh, hopefully, the virgin lives in the end, like right. typical Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who this person is that the killer. Who yeah. the person? Oh, the is businessman doing it. Yeah. And trying to analyze them, like what makes them tick? Right. How in the world does this person get to mm-hmm. this place? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is all about the virgin living in the end, or you know these mm-hmm. poor kids who are did nothing and are are being attacked. For me, I'm marveling at why why is the family doing this? Where did these people mm-hmm. come from? Yeah, it's not the the natives like in the Green Inferno where I could just go. I can't relate to those people. Right. But when I drive down a desert road and I see a farmhouse on the side, I can relate to those people, and I want to know why Leatherface has a leather face. <laughs> so I'm intrigued by him. Right. In, uh, I even in I guess you're more on the side of like the victim and the and nocturnal animals right up that alley. Yeah. Like you're along. I was super intrigued with the villain in nocturnal animals, and I want to also intrigued dead. with the with the <laughs> yeah also intrigued with the victim. Right. But uh, it's a revenge flick, and in a revenge flick like Cape Fear or Straw Dogs, uh, most people just want to see that revenge. Uh, I smile and marvel and am just in awe at the villain. And Miss Sloan that we just watched, I was in awe at Jessica Chastain Mm -hmm. because of the ruthlessness right. like what drives yeah. someone to be that way and how mm-hmm. do you end up that way and, yeah and to me that's super fascinating yeah, so absolutely. in hostel i'm not just going hey these girls deserve it i'm fine with the victims i want to explore the villains right. more and see like where the villains coming from right I, yeah I, I i agree i think and, and you know they work the hostel you know both of them not part three but you know the first two work um did you ever see hostel three I uh it's in yes Vegas. it's in Vegas I did and I will never watch it again it was straight to video it was um, unbelievably bad yeah uh Scott which didn't make any sense Scotty something directed it he was on board for one and two and 
I don't know. I guess in no. Eli, I think was still a producer. I think they just wanted to kill the franchise and and end it, and they put a nail in the coffin. Pretty much. Uh, it's but at the same comical time, and makes no sense. But at the same time, you know they're making more. Is there a hostile? For, well, it's direct it's gonna video. Be you know, no, 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 no. These are going to be big movies. In well, maybe it's like 2018. Maybe it's like Tokyo Drift or Season of the Witch. Maybe they'll come back with a part four and pretty much something that's better. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, on to my the last yes. movie that I watched uh, is uh, uh, Life Animated, mm. which I'm sure you haven't seen. Haven't seen it's a documentary. You watch the trailer. It's about an autistic guy mm. who communicates with people through Disney movies. That is what the trailer tells you. That is not what it's about. <laughs> it is about an uh, well. The trailer tells you it's about an autistic boy mm-hmm. who grows up and communicates with people through Disney movies. The actual movie is about an autistic man mm-hmm. who is moving out of the house. Mm. And the link to Disney movies in this uh, was pulling its strings and was the filmmakers trying really hard to get Disney clips in their movie. <laughs> yeah. And the, their documentary to use them without paying licensing fees and to capitalize on that. Uh, it's not worth watching. Um, for someone like Michael Hutchinson, who used to teach autistic kids, it's probably worth it for him to watch. But even then, there is nothing to be learned from this movie. It's not bad. It's just not worth your time. I mean, no. even I would say even people who look, if you have an autistic kid and you have zero understanding of your kid, maybe this movie will help you get some of that understanding right. to them but there are other movies or books or specialists that can help you yeah this, so is, this not, is not one of those yeah, this but, yeah. Is, i i mean mm-hmm. it's just it feels like a couple of filmmakers stumbled upon a kid who, a guy who had an interesting story that was about to move out of his house and they were like let's film it holy shit and, we could shove a bunch yeah. of disney movies in this mm-hmm. without having to get permission for the disney scenes yeah. because we have fair use right right over them because that's how he communicates you know, it's not a bad story. It's not like I mean the the it's somewhat interesting, and the parents there would be good as a short. I, I just I wouldn't waste your time mm-hmm. if you've got nothing else to do, or really if you're just trying to dive. That's a documentary, deeper. correct? Yeah, it's a doc. There's a lot of people who like the docs, so it's they'll, but they'll, look, they'll, they'll Amanda Knox is a good doc. Yeah, like oh no no, there's good, there's really good ones, right? A really good bad doc ones. is is a doc and that takes a, me on a journey of something I never knew before. Huge middle ground, like you said. Some people might be into it, and some people might not. Yeah, yeah so uh, I wouldn't watch it. So, like I said, certain movies are on top of my list, and certain movies I'll I'll get to. You know, now, so the big movie of the season I have not seen yet. Uh, it is uh, Rogue One. Yes, you saw it. Yeah, and unbelievable without fun. spoiling it. What it just it's so much fun. Very, very, very well made. Some people are saying this is yeah. the second best to Empire yeah. or possibly better than Empire. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. be, I I think because you know so much information, mm-hmm. this is kind of like uh diving into a story, you know, a really good interesting storyline. Um it's characters that you've heard of. It's things, it's places that you have heard of in the other movies. And uh, very, very uh, well done, very smart way to uh, kind of just capitalize on that. I heard they, where, they pulled scenes uh, 
Oh yeah, there's a lot of eggs. There's a lot of stuff right Star from Star Wars, oh, yeah. New Hope, and yeah. and included those yeah. to make a connection to that, which yeah. sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, to me, the best special effect, I mean, which is out there. This is. I hope this isn't a spoiler alert. Is that there's characters from the Star Wars movies that are in this movie. So the special effects in this movie are crazy, cool. like so unbelievably good. Like I. I was in it, you know, it's playing in 4,000 theaters uh, here in Los Angeles. So I went to a matinee and, you know, there's probably 50, 60 people there. And you think, oh, you know, that's kind of not not, not a good sign for certain movies. And you're like, well, there, four other theaters at the time were sold out. So, you know, um, I actually clapped at two, those two special effects for the way that they were done in the movie for the special effects artists, you know, for mm-hmm. doing it that way. Mm-hmm. But then to really bring those characters back and you're just like, Dude, that was fucking. Cl- it's a class act on on top of making good, you know, a good effect. What do um, you do if you're George Lucas? Like three movies, a billion dollars, and six hours, and you couldn't make a prequel as good as. Well, Rogue again, One. he's he again. He was as trying, good as Disney did. Yeah, exactly. But I think he was again one of those things trying too hard. To capitalize, like my thing makes... has always been, is he was infallible when he made yeah. uh, Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. Uh, Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill could come over to him and say, "I don't think my character would say this." When he made uh, Phantom Menace, there mm. was no way Natalie Portman could walk up to him or Samuel Jackson and go, "I don't think right. this works." He's the infallible George right. Lucas. I would be shocked to ever hear yeah. that Natalie Portman that or, work with or Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Samuel Jackson, like four amazing talented names that I just yeah. mentioned, ever had the gumption to walk up to Mr. Lucas and go, I don't think yeah. this is working. This is kind of geeky or dirty like, and why am I saying this? No. Yeah. A lot of people want to crap on uh, Anakin. What, what was, what's his name who played Anakin? Oh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, yeah. He's amazing. Go see a movie called, or, or rent a movie called Life is a House with uh, yeah. uh, Kevin, uh, Klein. Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe Cates' husband. Um, that's how I was going to name him. Phoebe Cates' husband. He That well, kid is amazing. Shattered, Shattered Glass was like the best performance. Is he like, in that? Is yeah, Anakin in that? Yeah. Uh, he's an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah. He was dog shit as, as Anakin, yeah. as Darth Vader. This is not the actor's fault. Yeah. And when you take a step back and you go... Oh, this movie had Samuel Jackson and Natalie Portman and Liam yeah. Neeson and Ewan McGregor, all amazing actors. It's not nominated, Anakin's fault. Nominated the movie winners. Is, I mean, those nominated winners. Shit. Yeah. This movie. This is, is not an acting. Shit. This is not an acting movie. It is a storyline. Uh, Rogue One, you mean? Or no, no, no. Oh, you're those, talking those three. Those, yeah, those, they're plot. They're not character driven. No. Yeah, they're they plot don't need, driven. Anybody, and that's the thing, it was uh, just like Godfather 3. Anybody can be in this movie, because people will watch this movie. You can't have a plot-driven story as a prequel, because we already know where it that's ends. What I mean. It ends in A New Hope, right. so give that shit up. You need a character-driven right. story. So um, where this one, like I said, there's, there's, I'm not in the Star Wars world. I don't know all the names, and play, just like, you know, uh, Harry Potter, the Lord same, of the yeah. Rings. I don't know, and I don't really care unless it's the main, you know, like the main storyline right. or whatever. And I want I want a good action, you know, a lot of special yeah. effects, and you know this is what they you know this is this is one of the better ones I've ever seen, and because of that, I think they walked into it where it's not an official George Lucas Star Wars thing, so I think that was a kind of a load off their mind also, um, 
Yeah, he wasn't involved. You know, so you like, have to but deal it, with it was like people are over the shoulder looking at them because it's a big budget movie. But it wasn't like, you know, George. You know, it wasn't uh, every second of the day uh, looking at people and you're doing. You know, you walked wrong. Um, uh, I really like her. She's on Monster Calls. Can't think of her name right now. Felicia, uh, Felicity, Felicia, Felicity, Rogue One. Whoever. Oh, I don't is. know her name. Yeah, uh, she's really good. She's very believable. Um, but she's a character. She's really, you get involved with her. I think kind of like Carrie Fisher in the first one. I think that was uh, Carrie Fisher, like Princess Leia in Star Wars Part 4, not the first one. But you yeah, actually get home. involved because uh, she's a tough chick and she wants to do. Hayden you know, Christensen, that's who played Hayden that. Christensen, yeah. 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 Um, but the, I just I just think the story, so great story, um, unbelievably good action. And anytime. Anytime, um, I'm a, like you said, I love monsters. I am a monster fanatic. Anytime you can get one of the all-time greatest monsters ever created for film to do what you know Darth Vader does in this movie, mm-hmm. you don't even have to watch the rest of the movie. You can literally watch the handful of scenes he's in, mm-hmm. and it's better than anything Lucas did. And I will say that perfectly you know without hesitation mm-hmm. except the first star wars like when when darth vader walks in the star wars 4 when he walks in that hallway for the very first time you're hooked you're scared shitless you're right. literally peeing in your pants in this movie every time he's on screen you it's that same feeling it's like they make him out to be the bad guy the ultimate fucking bad guy and it's done very well well, this is the whole yeah. back to the horror movie situation where I marvel at the the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, A New Hope, like, you partly loved Darth Vader. There's yeah, yeah, part yeah, of yeah. you, like, people running around going, Luke, I am your father. And, yeah. you know, in playing, like, yeah. when we were kids and we were running around playing Star Wars in the street, there was, you wanted to be the person that could choke someone. Like, Darth Vader was awesome. Yeah. So trust me, there's there's a scene in this. No spoiler alerts. There's a scene in this where you will literally stand up clapping. But this is the disappointment in the first three movies until we get to uh, Revenge of the Sith, where we see Darth Vader right. rise. Because you're spending these three movies finding out who Darth Vader is when what you really want is just to fucking hang out with Darth Vader. Like yep. you don't want Darth as a little boy. You want maybe that's may- told in flashback. But really, those three movies, you want Darth as Darth. Yeah. And in the Force Awakens, there's some disappointed because disappointment because this is post Darth. So mm. after you watch Force Awakens and then you find out, oh, they're gonna make Rogue One. We're gonna get into a series of movies where Darth is back. You ride this weird world of like that's the villain, and you want to watch the villain right. be the well, villain. Well, I, I think and Darth, is, all villains, all great villains, and I believe Darth is this way too, is just a misunderstood hero. Of course, um, and. They, well, it's the Frankenstein story. It's, right. it's the Frankenstein story. It's you know something created this being, and it's a great backstory, um, but you want to just see what happens. That's mm-hmm. why they made you know four hundred Frankenstein movies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, officially Universal, and then Hammer, and like everybody else, and remakes, and blah blah blah, because you want to see more Frankenstein. Right. And young this, Frankenstein being the best of the bunch. Oh, of course. Um, but then it, you see this film, Rogue One. And like I said, unbelievably well done. Uh, major applause to everybody there. And then you hear about you know uh, Star Wars, uh, uh, the rebel, you know, the rebels or whatever. Uh-huh. That's the next one. Okay. 
Uh, but it's not official. It's not J.J. Abrams. It's these people. They're going to make another of these Rogue One stories. Oh, they're gonna, these are going to be cranked out. No, 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 yeah. which is fine. But that's what I mean. Where you I just have like, a feeling that Friday the 13th is going to lose its reign as having the most you know sequels ever. No, never. I, they, I they've written, well, two are already being worked on right I now. I don't know. They're going to start cranking these. There's, the Star Wars oh, universe no. is going to grow. Yeah. Oh, no. And this is what's funny. To go real, real fast on this, which was fucking hilarious because you brought up MTV News talking about white people and how racist it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and it was like somebody big, like USA Today or you know one of these really big newspaper or some outlet was like, uh, it came out like Thursday before Rogue One, where it was just like, are we, do we really need another Star Wars movie? Is Star Wars done? Blah, blah, blah. And I like, I just sat there and I'm like, well, it's obvious, you know, clickbait, you know, what you call clickbait. Right. You're like, why the fuck is this guy saying this? But what was funny is like, I didn't even go to the story. I just went to the comments. And there was like, four, like literally, I think there was 400K next to it, all the comments. And like how dumb it is for you to even think this way. And I'm like, the movie came out and in three days around the world made $340 million. Mm-hmm. And it's not an official George Lucas Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. So that's the dumbest fucking article you can fucking say mm-hmm. because of that. Because it's like, there's just so many people that will yeah, that ride. Goes straight up they will way. ride this fucking story until... Mm-hmm. It doesn't make three hundred and fifty million dollars opening weekend, and even when it only makes two hundred, they'll still probably make another one because it's going to break even, you know, financially or whatever. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see Darth Vader, I don't see the story, the Jedi's, I don't see the, the Force ever, ever going. I don't know about Friday Thirteen. I don't, you know, making thirteen movies. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, so, like, you know, right now they're on what was the seven? No, this is eight. This would be so, eight, yeah. So they and we know, already know there's going to be a yeah, another there's two, part there's two more. Awakens. Yeah, there's two more. So we get that to, are in the that are uh, being in, uh, worked on. There's there is let's see episode eight. There's going to be an episode eight. Yeah. This is not no. an episode. This is Rogue One as its own. Story. Right. When it opens, you could spoil this for a moment because yeah. it's in the first second. <laughs> Does it say episode blank or anything like that? Does it say episode? I don't remember. One I, no, I don't think so. No. It no, is there, there's, there's no there's no crawl. Like the, oh, the, there's no traditional no. crawl. Okay. No, there, it just This starts. would be between uh, Sith and A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith. Yes, and the a New person Hope. I saw it with said this is uh, Star Wars three and a half. Right, which makes it. Uh, epi- yeah, so, like, the Rebels, I guess, is three and three quarters, and then you just, you know. as long Again, as long as yeah. they make money, as long as they're this thrilling, interesting, uh, and you're involved, you know, involved. So, speaking it, of clickbait slash yeah. reviews slash, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, there's uh, I, I sent this to you, but we'll talk about it. There's uh, uh, up on BuzzFeed. Mm. Uh, BuzzFeed clickbaited a bunch of reviews for mm. a movie, Will Smith movie called Collateral oh, 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 Beauty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, I believe, in theaters now. Uh, you haven't gotten the screener yet. I was interested in seeing this movie. I had mentioned it before. But then when I saw the horrible reviews. Oh, my God. These are not just horrible reviews. Like, I, I read I'm a comment. Still- yeah. Earlier of uh, someone who was being mean to me on my Rubik's Cube video, a horrible review and a typical horrible review for my movie Kisses and Caroms was like, you suck. An entertaining review is one the tongue is so sharp by the reviewer and lashes so deep that the reviews themselves are entertain are moving them yeah. on their own. So collateral beauty. I want to read some of these. Yes. Uh, Many of the words that I would like to use to describe the waste of talent and time which riffs on Dickens' Eternal A Christmas Carol and tries to manufacture feeling by offering Tiny Tim can't be lobbed into a family publication. (laughs) 
So instead, I will just start by throwing out some permissible insults. Artificial, cliche, mackwash, or mackish, mockish, preposterous, incompetent, sexist, laughable, and insulting. That's from uh, Manola Dargis of the New York Times. Holy shiza. <laughs> Time Magazine goes on to say, Every oh, no. so often there comes a movie so tasteless, so nakedly paneling, so bodaciously ill-conceived that you've got to see it to believe it. This year that movie is Collateral Beauty. Wow. Pinpointing one fatal flaw in Collateral Beauty is impossible. The transgressions pile up like a, heart, like a trash heap of Christmas miracles. Uh, Vox says, at numerous points throughout Collateral Beauty, I simply threw up my hands in exasperation how stupid and lifeless it was. Maybe Collateral Beauty is missing an hour of footage or something, <laughs> but I'm more willing to bet somebody read a first draft of the movie script, convinced Will Smith to sign on, and then said, put some Christmas lights on everything. We'll release it in December. It'll be fine. I think that's probably true. Holy crap. <laughs> um, uh, Village Voice. <laughs> I love this one. Here's a promise few movies can make. If you sneak sink two hours in a collateral beauty now, it's guaranteed for the rest of your life when conversation stalls, you can save the night by asking, did you ever see that movie where Will Smith plays an ad executive so shut down with grief over the death of his daughter that his business partners, played by Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena, hire actors to confront him in public in the roles of death, time, and love? The abstract concepts to whom... He has been penning the and mailing the abstract concepts to whom he has been penning and mailing angry letters. They will shake their heads. They will say they will say you're making it up. You may wonder if it's you who was a gaslit in the theater. Could this have been an actual movie? Aren't people who make movies people too? That was Village Voice. Wow. Uh, Roger Ebert. Dot com. This is not Roger, obviously. Susan Wozanski. Forget collateral beauty, whatever that means. It's collateral schmaltz, the kind that has the power to close rather than open your heart as you rush out to a theater while the terribly named One Republic ballad, Let's Hurt Tonight, provides exit music. Wow. New York Magazine. At least Norton finally gets to play a character named Wilt, which somehow has not happened already. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, uh, Rolling Stones. Back when Howard ruled the ad world, he used to ask questions. What is your why? Certainly another good reason to hate him. After seeing Collateral Beauty, my why is to warn you off the time and money suck of this cinematic equivalent of coal and wood. It's enough to make Scrooges of us all. Jesus. Uh, Chicago Sun-Times. This is Richard Roper, who used to be on yeah. Ebert and Roper. It's quite possible collateral, collateral Beauty will move you to tears. Then again, it's quite possible you've been moved to tears by commercials about dogs that defriend horses. Befriend horses. <laughs> Viral videos where students surprise a retiring teacher with a musical tribute and or violently yanking out one of your own nose hairs. All three of those examples go about earning your emotions in, more, in a more legitimate way than this nonsense. Wow. Uh, New York Post, Will Smith, the Will Smith weepy collateral beauty couldn't be more calculated and manipulative if it slapped you on the back, shoved a giant lollipop in your mouth, and immediately tried to sell you a timeshare in Tampa. Whoa. Uh, 
That's brutal. Us Weekly says. That's brutal. Us Weekly says, somewhere in a forest, a maple tree wants all its sap back. That's brutal. This is the, these are the reviews for Collateral Beauty. So. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I must know, I know see one this person, movie now. I know one person who's seen it, and then she didn't even like every, like five or six people are like, "Oh, tell us, you know, review it, tell us how." And she never said anything, which she usually does. She really, you know, she'll say something like, "I, you know, checking into the movie. Oh, I'm going to go see this with so and so, and then say something, and then about three hours later, she'll talk about the movie, kind of right. almost like you, right. but it's way more simplistic. It's usually a sentence or two, and sometimes just a couple of words." Uh, but she hasn't even said anything. Mm. So that, you know, that says that that speaks volumes to me. And then you it was almost like the same time you sent me that. And I was just like, these are just deadly. Like, that's deadly. Crazy. This is that's not crazy. like like critics didn't like it or no. critics are pandering it for a reason. Yeah. Like they are critics walked out of this movie angry yeah. and, and creatively pissed. lashed yeah. out. Yeah. Like, no. this is not, oh, we want to just piss on Will Smith. Yeah. Like, there's creativity behind yeah. this. And it's not one or two. Those are some big names in, in critics. So I'm super looking forward no, to yeah. seeing this now. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, this no, became must We might have to actually go to the theater. I don't know. It might, a... might actually have to happen to, to see. We'll this sneak movie. in. We can sneak into another movie. To make it worth it. Yeah. We'll uh, sneak into Rogue One so you can actually see. Isn't... We'll pay for Rogue One and then we'll sneak into this and so we don't actually give it money. Isn't that just like pirating a movie? No. It's like publicly pirating, right? No. We're paying for a movie. That's true. So, yeah. All right. What else? Anything else, Dad? Go go, wherever you live, whatever you're doing in your life, um, try desperately to see Nocturnal Animals. And Rogue One, apparently. Well, you're going to see Rogue One. Rogue One will be playing everywhere. That's true. Everybody's going to see that. Rogue One. Well, it's playing everywhere. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I uh, box office mojo, whatever. That's like forty three hundred or forty four hundred screens. Is that many? Yeah, that's a lot. It's I mean, which is just crazy in itself. Yeah. Um, and and some movie that came out and they're like, well, so and so movie, you know, didn't do well and it's in two thousand screens, and you're like, yeah, but Rogue One's in forty four hundred. So you can't it's also have... Rogue One. No, I know, but I'm like, so yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense, you know, right. apples and oranges. It's like, I mean, come on, now, like every seriously, every age will see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like it came. You know, the original one came out in '77, so I was only seven when that came out. But I saw it with my dad, so my dad will still like if I said, "Dad, we should go see Rogue One. I think you'd like it." You know, Darth Vader. You know, mm-hmm. there's some big things in it. I could only assume that he would want to go. See, he would probably see it. Mm-hmm. So, and he's way up there in age. I'm not going to throw out ages. Yeah, it's but, definitely crossed a bunch of generations. You know, it's but yeah, I mean, but it's for you know, and for the, Americana again for George Lucas' sake. You know, with American Graffiti, which you know has a following. You know, the Star Wars franchise, is uh, it's a part of America. The three prequels, yeah. which I am very quick to shit on, yeah. uh, someone loves those. They are someone no, else's Star Wars. They both, they, all three of them made over a billion dollars. So, yeah, people saw them and, and enjoyed and them. And those movies caused the re-release of episode four, five, and six and re- brought Star Wars back into the generation of kids today. So as much as I mm-hmm. crap on those three movies, they did something. Like they... Yeah. they you know, yeah. there would not be a uh, Force Awakens or Rogue One today if it wasn't for Phantom Menace and all the way through right. to Revenge of the Because, they, yeah, because then they would probably be forced or something really now, shitty. He could have made these, those aren't. good movies. Those could have been three good movies. Mm-hmm. They just happened to not be. But uh, hopefully, again, again what, what I also really enjoy about Rogue One is it, it's not forced. You know, meaning where it's just like, it's not just like, oh, we're going to make a ton of money off of this. Mm-hmm. Where obviously Disney and certain people are there. And those just got, you know, like, oh, we have Star Wars now. 
well, we're going to go make five movies. You already know that those discussions were made, but I think they were smart enough and diligent enough to hire good fucking people right. and say, okay, we have this story. Don't fuck it up. Because, you know, you, you're going to make money and you're going to get a career out of this movie anyway, but don't fuck it up. But then go make a really good movie. And I think they made a really, really solid, you know, a really solid film. I'm hoping, you know, uh, I'm hoping that George Lucas is penning a prequel to American Graffiti. Well, there was one. Was nobody, there? nobody saw it. There was a sequel. There wasn't yeah. a prequel. Oh, a prequel. Yeah. Prequel. You can't do a Well, sequel. his prequel was Happy Days. I mean, that was a TV show. I mean, it wasn't he his, sold though. Off. No, he sold it off. Just because Richie was in both of them, that wasn't. No, but it was, you know, it's his idea. I mean, the Happy Days, they bought, you know, from from him. They bought the storyline. Oh, but that was. I mean, it's not it's not American Graffiti. It's not American Graffiti, but. Yeah. Right. But it's, you know. Anyway. All righty. Uh, anything else? Mm, no, I, one, I'm just hoping like it. more movies, you know, either come out to uh, the screeners or, you know, we're going to have to actually get you out of the house and go to go into, actually see a movie in you know? an expensive theater. That stuff is expensive. I can't afford that. I haven't worked in a long time. I'll pay for it. Oh, my God. So free there, movie. There you go. Oh see, it's a free God. movie anyway. Or I'll get my dad to take us and it's free for everybody. Oh, that's so. that's sweet. Because he has a little card that's sweet. that he that's pays, sweet. which is so funny. I mean, it, just a funny story. Like he actually did that the last time we went to a movie. He he like, showed the card, and like the manager came over and goes, "Oh, that's kind of cool. You can you know get four four people in here." And he's like, "How much does four movies cost?" And the guy's like, uh, "Well, right now it's like what thirteen dollars." And he's like, twenty six, so fifty two. So he's like, "I wish it was only fifty two dollars that I was spending on this fucking card." <laughs> you know, the Academy card. I mean, it's right. it's his fees. It's yeah, ten percent of his life is given to you know the union. So it's just like it's a lot more than fifty two dollars, dude. Right. So. He should at least try to get some free fucking movies out of right, it. You wanna, yeah, you, you want to get the money. You need some perks. Right. You know, every union has some perks, and this is just happens to be the one. Well, health but insurance it, is also. Well, yeah, but I mean, perk. you have to do stuff for it. Right. I mean, you have to work. Well, yeah, if you're you not working work here. You have to pay the 10%, or you have to, yeah, pay in your health insurance. Pay. Um, that's why, uh, kids, uh, that's why certain actors and people like uh, people are bagging on Eric Roberts. I guess he may, he's making another really really bad cheesy shitty exploitation movie or whatever mm. and like i just sat there and I'm, i almost typed it in i was just like insurance yeah <laughs> it's like he has to say you know what the seven or eight words on a sag movie to get his sag card you know paperwork filled out or whatever yeah. he doesn't give a shit what the movie is yeah, just people, shows up and people boom. don't understand that no so it's just like yeah it could be a shitty movie or whatever it's but not a it's not a good system it's no it's a very strange a, like, system it's a very very bizarre system like on so, a whole i yeah. as as a previous business owner um i've voiced this before on the podcast mm-hmm. unions unions serve their purpose for representing workers that weren't being treated properly today unions are and don't very they, few of them they're, do they're very, not needed yeah. yeah uh the government itself has set labor laws that you know people need to abide by because My of wife what, is in because a union. of what the unions did. My wife is in a union, and to... I am happy to accept all of those benefits. But I stand back and I look at the unions, and I go, "It's not really necessary." Some of it, yeah. But when you get into the entertainment world, and you don't work for a single employer, you work for several different employers, and you jump around. The union is essential for yeah. SAG actors having health insurance yeah. and retirement and things like that. That. Nor- could normally come out of a corporate business. Right. So it's very weird where I go, I don't know the union should exist, but there's some cases like that yeah. where... There are several unions out there that right. still work. And, 
and they're like people want to say, needed. "Oh, well, well, Will Smith makes you know forty million dollars on a movie. Does he need health insurance? No, he can afford his own. But the grip who's making you know fifty thousand this year to work on the Will Smith movie, he needs health insurance. And at the same time, the fourteen hundred black actors who aren't getting a, a a movie role because Will Smith is still working. So it's just like, well, it could be you know." Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there in a lot of different roles and a lot of different situations. So there's a you know there's actors out there right now that are paying into these fees and doing what they can. They're not making forty million dollars a movie. Nope. So, alrighty. So uh, I'm Vince Roca. I'm, I'm Martin. Special guest Martin Bailey. No, Come that's at the enough. beginning. You you Fuck. say yeah. I'm Vince. Roca. I get confused at this whole thing. We've only done this what like ten or twelve times. Right. Uh, Martin Bailey. <laughs> So for, <laughs> for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com. <laughs>